Carly's got her pop screen in place, and we're ready to talk about pillows on the windows. Woo! A movie podcast. Carly! What's that? Adele has a new album out. Speaking of Adele's new album, let's talk about the first Harry Potter movie. I thought you were going to go all too well. What's that? Oh, the I don't want to talk about that. Film. Okay. You sound like a robot now. Is your pop screen like some sort of like digital comb filter that you're holding in front of your face? No. Okay. I'm just checking. I have to make that check every episode. But all right. we're going to watch all the Harry Potter movies one at a time. And you know what? We can acknowledge that J.K. Rowling might not be the best person on Earth. But we could also talk about the, movie, about the movies. <laughs> Other yeah. than that, Car. Yeah, I think like a, with the 20 anniversary special. Yes. It feels like we've all <clears throat> come around to a point where it's like we have to just cut J.K. Rowling out of it. And then we can enjoy the thing that made us happy <laughs> as children. Right. <laughs> like, it's like nostalgia or what's right. Hmm. And then the tales. The, oh, boy. We can't do morning podcasts anymore. <laughs> uh, my point being, I didn't know about that 20th anniversary thing when I said, let's watch Harry Potter. I just wanted to watch cozy uh, winter movies. Harry Potter. But I think it is like I, I, I just feel like there's enough. Like, we've all sort of had a moment to process. No, Car, you're giving us what? too much credit. You're giving people on the internet too much credit. No, I think it's... No, I genuinely think this is, like, a, what's happening culturally. is like, she wrote a book or a series of books that are meaningful to a lot of people. And later we found out she's a bad person with bad opinions. Mm-hmm. And what do we do? We can cut it all out. Yeah. Or we can cut her out and we're cutting her out. Okay. I think that's the less noble of the two choices, but sure. That's fine. I don't know. All right. I have to have something. I just feel like this is not a situation you could uh, apply elsewhere and feel good about it. I just think people have a lot of nostalgia for Harry Potter and they just want to continue that. I think it's different because people have the most nostalgia for Harry Potter. Like if this was like one artifact, like what's another like... Stupid kid series, Percy Jackson or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can cut that out. No one cares. Right. Like, it's fine. But this is such a uh, large component of cultural consciousness or whatever. I agree. I'm surprised we haven't yeah. talked about these yet. Yeah. In doing this. But here we are. And we watched here the we first are. one. Uh, do you prefer Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone? Hmm. I was shocked that it's just Philosophers on Letterboxd. Hmm. What is it here? Hmm. Sorcerers? Yep. I think that's a better name. I was thinking about this <laughs> like when I was at the grocery store yesterday. Uh-oh. I was like, <laughs> talking so to people is that just you. market testing? Like where they were like, sorcerer sounds cool. It <laughs> so does sound cool. In America, it must be sorcerer. No, we got it right. We got it right. Yeah. It would be funny if they were all different. <laughs> and they just got dumber as time. <laughs> the cup of fire. Harry Potter in the fire cup. (laughs) That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. But there's no fire cups. Sorcerer is probably better. Yeah. Thank you, Carly. This is a a series about a young man. And uh, (laughs) before the plot is lost completely by about book five, we get to enjoy cozy, simple, beat to beat fun movie. Yeah, this is joyous. I had... Let me tell you, Carl. Let me set the scene for you. Okay. It was a day off. It's cold outside. There was snow mm. on the ground. Mm. Got the fireplace going. Got my crocheting needle out. Or hook, sorry. 
Um, I had some candy left over from Halloween and I just sat down and I watched Harry Potter and I did crochet and I ate candy and it was probably the most ideal movie watching experience I've ever had in my entire life. That doesn't include. That sounds magical. Watching movies with Carly, obviously, which is always a magical experience. But uh, Mm. Carly, what was your uh, Harry Potter experience like? Um, I had a different but similarly wonderful experience. I was decorating (laughs) my apartment for Christmas. Yeah, it was beautiful. Happy Christmas, Carly. So I have seen this movie semi-recently. I can't figure out when. Like, it's not like within the last year, I would say, but... (laughs) I think probably just through it being on, you know, like... Yeah, shut down your throat. But I've never, like, I guess, like, keyed into it as much as I have this time in recent years. Um, This might be the most familiar movie to me. (laughs) And I wonder if it's the same to you. Like, Like I know (laughs) just about every single line. And I sort of didn't realize that. Like, we could just sit you in a dark room with nothing in it. And you (laughs) could just recite the entire movie start to finish. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) it's, It's so fun. It's so nice. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know. This is a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great series of moments, you know. Like, I, like I really... Uh, I don't think these first two movies are highly regarded uh, in terms of the whole... I have a lot of thoughts about Harry Potter car. Uh, and I don't yeah. really know how to structure that. Um, <laughs> I think this movie, in terms of having to establish how everything is going to look and sound and feel for the duration of this seven or eight movie series. Um, I think this is an incredible piece of uh, production here. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Compare this to any children's movie from then or now or ever. And I think this is so reverent for the source material, which obviously a lot of that is reverence for money, but I think they understood exactly what they needed to do with this and it doesn't pander to children too hard. And it's just, uh, it feels very, it doesn't feel like children actors on a set. It feels like Mm -hmm. they tried their best to actually make this seem magical. This is just about the best it could be. I think. Yes, I agree. Which is astounding for the amount of people who must have been involved in it, the amount of, like, executives that must have been involved in it. Like, (laughs) I hate to be, like, such a, I don't know, loser, but, like, it feels like this could never happen now. Like, it's just... I agree, yeah. It survived, and, like, things never survive when they're put through that type of pipeline. Yes. It's, like, two and a half hours. It has so much spirit. Yeah, Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of this, most of the stuff that isn't CG, I think, holds up pretty well visually. Like the the bow ride into Hogwarts, I still think looks incredible. Mm-hmm. And just like the Great Hall and all that stuff. Um, you know, I don't, it, for someone my age, I would say I don't have a lot of Harry Potter nostalgia. Um, but this got me. I was like, yep. Yeah. This is pretty freaking cool. I mean, it's just a great concept for it kids book especially the first one where it's like pure and it's just like Mm -hmm. he's gonna go to wizarding school and have an adventure and you know i appreciate that politics and you know themes and some amount of like subtlety eventually enters into this equation but i'm Mm -hmm. totally fine with just like the you know big mac version of this where it's just like have fun for a little bit here 
But it also, like, I was astounded by how much of the groundwork is laid in the first story. Like, she, there is so much, like, so much of the later subtlety and politics and everything has to start in this book, even though it won't pay off until later. And, like, it has to start in this movie, even though it won't pay off until later. Like, it's just... Even though, like, yeah, I would agree that sometimes you lose the thread in the later installments. Like, it, it it's just such a cohesive piece. And it doesn't it feel is. forced. And, like, it's still a fun kids yeah. movie. Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's great. I, I think, like, another big thing to call out is the casting is just... Yeah, impeccable. I don't know how they did it. Like, between yeah. the kid actors are all so wonderful and they're so cute in this movie. <laughs> and I just, like, want to give them all a big hug. Yeah. And then, like, I know we only get this Dumbledore for, is it three movies? Two movies? Two of them, yeah. Maybe the best. Yeah. I prefer, ever. I, like, I, I understand the realities of the situation, but I much prefer this Dumbledore instead of, like, action movie, like, rough and tumble Dumbledore. I like the stately Dumbledore a lot more. Yeah. He, he's, like, maybe the coziest looking person in the yeah. world. He's like, alas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's so yeah. nice. That's how I pictured him, I guess, when I was when I was reading yes. the book. Yeah. But it also, like, I don't know that I could see him being the character that ends up being Dumbledore in, like, no. the sixth yeah. movie or something. Where he's got to, like, kill like, a thousand zombies with his machine gun wand. It's right. like, that's probably not going to happen. Nope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alan Rickman hamming it up like crazy. So good. That scene is so fun. And it's like, it's so, I don't know, such a good energy. Like, even just the script of it is so good. Like, (laughs) he's just firing off nonsense. And it's like, I feel like one of the first times that you get someone just saying, like, a bunch of words you don't know yet because you haven't, like, learned the lingo. And it's so cool. It is. Great stuff, Car. Are you still there? Yes. Devil snare. Okay, uh, Quidditch yeah. sucks. We can get that out of the way. Um, I just like that there's moments in this movie that are like suggestive of something without feeling the need to explain to the five-year-old kids in the audience exactly what is happening. Where it's like, hey, Rick, you bought this from a guy at a bar? That's kind of hinky. Mm. And he's like, well, shoot. And then you can kind of connect the dots, but the movie doesn't have to like flash back to that and show exactly what's happening. It's just kind of like kids will figure this out if we explain it to them a certain amount. Which is especially remarkable because I think this is maybe the only movie that came out where sure tons of kids had read it, but not like everybody. Yeah. You know, like every single movie after this, I think they wrote on the assumption that 95% of people seen or at least kids seen this movie have read the book. (laughs) Where this one like maybe had to exist more so as its own piece of media. I think maybe that's why I don't like the later ones so much as I just kind of fell off the books. Like, I think the mm. the problem J.K. Rowling faced at the time, the fallacy, uh, is that she was like, I'm going to grow these books up with the audience. But mm. by the time I was like 14 or whatever, I didn't care about Harry Potter. Like, you can make it as dark and stupid as you want. And he can, Ron can snog the other girl or whatever <laughs> as much as you want. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't draw me in. I was like, I'm... No, this this is no longer interesting to me. So uh, I prefer this. I have nostalgia for this. I don't have nostalgia for like mm. teenage Harry Potter being annoying. You know? 
I think, I mean, it feels like you might be in the minority, like, at, at least in my social circle, I guess, it felt like we all did age up with it and, like, enjoy all that stuff. Um, and, like, I remember so distinctly, there's that one scene in, like, the fifth or sixth book where Harry has, like, an angsty teen meltdown. Hate it. And I, <laughs> huh? I don't care for that stuff, but go on. Yeah, I just remember rereading that section and again and again because I was like, oh, Harry's angsty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he flips the hair out of his eyes. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Uh, are we going to rank these at the end? I would love to, but. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done. Um, I have nothing but disdain for movies uh, five, six. Eight. I ask that you approach them with yes, yes, openness. Yes, I think the fifth book is where I dropped off, and that mm. put the movie in a weird spot. But I also don't think the fifth movie is very good. So I think it, like it has the potential to be fun. The fifth one is like the romance one, right? Let's sit, sit, fit. Are we talking about <laughs> Cho Chang? Though, I mean, whichever one that is, like, I guess yes. to my point, like, I think when you sort of categorize them in ways, it makes it a little bit more easy to be enjoyed where it's like, oh, here's the one where they made it a romance movie. And it's like, OK, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Like, I don't know. They had yeah. their shot at doing that version of it, even if it's probably not the best version. Well, like, what is the theme of six? It's like Harry takes magic potion that makes him drunk for Two minutes, and that's the only part of the movie anybody ever mentions. And then it's like, oh, that part's so good, though. Yeah, but what what is the rest of that? That is one of the ugliest movies I have ever seen, and I'm excited to revisit that. But I don't know what's going on in the sixth one. Oh, that's where it's like Snape was me, and his dad was a jerk. Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Which I I do like that plotline a lot. I don't like how it's executed. It's a fine. There's so much like fun like generational stuff that they could yeah. have gotten into and i feel like i was never satisfied with it but mm. it's cool that it's there i guess like it's cool that in theory i like that halfway through the series about going to school every year they just kind of start to drop that and it starts to become less and less important but uh yeah i also am a big fan of that structure so it's kind of sad to see it just kind of become about world war ii again or whatever's happening yeah in this, right. yeah I have a couple more things to say about Please. the first one. Um, we texted briefly about this. The chess <clears throat> scene is like the best thing in the entire world. Yes. Not me. Um, not Hermione. <laughs> Yo. 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 <laughs> and then you get, it's kind of silly. <laughs> that whole scene is pretty silly where it's so dramatic and then the horse gets stabbed and he just kind of falls down and you can see him breathing and it's fine. But it's, like, so good. I think, yeah. like, a, number one, the visuals of it, like, the fact that, save for when they're, like, the queen is actively stabbing wrong or whatever. Right. It, it like, it seems like it's all practical, right? Yep. Like, there's just these big structures moving around, and they're so scary. The pawns are freaking terrifying looking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I, they did such a good job making that scene what it is. And again, yeah. like, do that today, and it looks like a freaking mess i also you can't see it all 
if you made this movie today, I think they would feel compelled to put in the potion scene, even though this movie benefits from not having that in it. Yeah. Because I think they had the confidence back then to say, we can make this into a movie. It doesn't have to adhere completely to the book. I'm sure there were people who were upset that there wasn't the Mm -hmm. potion scene in that sequence, but you don't miss it at all in the movie either. So it's like, hmm. I would say this. So like the two moments that stand out uh, in that way to me are the potion scene where it's like, that's such a fun thing to read. But right. to your point, like would not be a good visual. <laughs> no. Same deal with uh, the Sphinx in the um the maze in the fourth one, where it's like, I yeah. love that scene when he's like figuring it out. Yeah. You can't make that a movie. Like yeah. that's not yeah, no yeah, one yeah. wants to watch that. And like what you hear is inner monologue or something. Spy? Like that's absolutely not gonna work. Spy. Yeah. Dirt. <laughs> if they did in the movie, he would like look over and see a spider or something. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It would be stupid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they made some good choices in, sure. these, in general. Yeah, sure. Um, the other thing I want to point out is like, I feel like a few years ago in a rewatching of this, I realized just how mean they are to Hermione. Like, yeah, they're awful. I get that that's the point, but they are so mean to her. Yeah. I, like, it's shocking that they end up still being friends. Like, they Aww. are just cruel. Um, which, like, I know that you have to have that so that, like, they have the troll scene and they end up better together than apart. But, like, yeah, I just, yeah. that really stood out to me in the last few years of viewing it. <laughs> it was kind of crazy also when they're like, we're going to punish you by making you go into the haunted forest that kills people. <laughs> I love that, though. <laughs> to investigate this crime that seems like, like, it seems like people talk about it in ways that, like, only a really messed up person would do this yep. and they're like okay let's split there up you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah well that's like maybe one of the largest fallacies that you have to deal with the entire time is like kids being sent to do yeah adult things, things that kids should never do yeah yeah it's very very silly um yeah but i like it and i <gasps> yeah, like that it wasn't like uh, i'm trying to think of an example nothing's coming to mind but i'm glad they weren't like now there's a new definitive version of these movies and it has like 20 minutes of extra footage. Like, I'm glad it's just the movie yeah. that it was and they didn't feel the need to change it or fix it or anything. It's just like, yeah, the CGI looks terrible when Neville is yeah. on the broomstick, but that's what this movie is. And this is what movies were at the time. So, yeah, there you go. Besides the fact that I, I would guess you're in the same boat, like we've seen the deleted scenes 50,000 times. Um, probably, too. yeah. Yeah, I remember Grant. the one in the, of them in the library where it's like, I just remember watching it as a kid and being like, oh yeah, it's good they cut this out. This is nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it probably shouldn't even be a deleted scene. Flamel. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Do you feel at all compelled to read the books again? I always do. Okay. And then I truly can't, like any time that I'm choosing to devote to reading, I can't justify devoting it to books that I've read 2,000 times. Do it feels good, Car. It doesn't make me feel good at the end of the day, though. Oh, okay. That feels like I'm like hey, scratching the like lizard part of my brain versus like the good part. Um, just scratch it till it bleeds, Car. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> feel compelled to? Uh, yeah. Only as a result of this specific process that's happening right now. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to happen. But because I, yeah. I just don't have copies of them. If I had the books sitting here, I probably would read them. But yeah. Too much work. I could bring him home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's probably for the best you don't. 
What other movies did we watch, Car? Um, riding in cars with boys. Oh, I watched this last night. I watched it yesterday. Oh my god, this is a Drew Barrymore uh, and Brittany Murphy film about sadness. Car, what yeah. did you think? I thought it was like wonderful. Yeah. Um, in like a really sort of heartbreaking way. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't like. Uh, this feels like it should uh, exist more than it does. Maybe. It exists. We watched yeah. it. Yeah. I think people are watching it again now. I mean, save for, I think, like, you said Krista. This is, like, a movie she loves a lot or yeah. something. Well, she loves Brittany but Murphy a lot, so it's, like... I think that's what it is. Like, I yeah. think right now there's sort of this Brittany Murphy renaissance happening. So yeah. I think, like, maybe this will be picked up a lot more in the next, like, year or so. But yeah. I had never heard of this movie besides maybe when I got Letterboxd and saw it on some list and added it to my watch list. True. Yeah. Brittany Murphy's very good in it. She's so, so that checks good. Out. She's... There's something about her presence that is just like <laughs> I don't chaotic. Know. So chaotic in like every single movie she's in, it's just like pure heart. Like yeah. she's just so in it the entire time. Right. Yeah. It's just like mainlining emotions. Yes, like, exactly. Like she's holding the the electrical wire and emotions are coming up. Uh Drew Barrymore, not so much yeah. in this movie. I don't know. She was fine. Her performance was fine. I, I mean, thought she was really good. I wish yeah. yeah. It's, I wish she, she didn't have to, the accent. The accent sucked. Okay. I'll agree with you there, Kai. Yeah. And I, it's interesting that she plays very a 20-year range of age. Mm-hmm. And I think they actually pull that off pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Steve Zahn might be terrible in this movie. But I like him and his character. So it's kind of like, uh, but he's kind of like a cartoon character in this like otherwise kind of somber drama. I mean, I think that, like, like even though Brittany Murphy's so good in it, her character is also, like, a cartoon character, sort of. Like, Yeah, but she's, like, a reflection of... There's some, of, like, high, high... People are just going for it yeah. in a way that's kind of fun, actually. It's hammy. It's, it's yeah. kind of, like, yeah, it's, like, acting. Yeah. But that's fun. Um, mm-hmm. This is a movie about having dreams and then having those dreams ruined by children. Uh, again and again and again. Again and again and again. And men, basically. Just men. Yeah. Riding in cars with boys. Um, yeah. And I think that works okay because it's they do a lot of interesting stuff with like that, how cyclical that is and how generational mm-hmm. that process is and how it keeps happening over and over and over and over forever. Yeah, they balance like having truly devastating plot lines yep. that like... A, it just keeps slapping you in the face with like a moment of hope and then a moment of defeat yep. again and again and again. Yep. They balance that so well with like being funny and like being sweet and not like it, it is such a sad movie, but it doesn't feel like you're watching like an entirely sad movie or something. No. I think part of that is like just like the sort of 90s glow of it. Oh, like it does yeah. feel so cozy and nice. Um, but yeah, I think like, uh, I think this movie also, I think it's becoming more common to ask the question of like, is it good to be a mom? Like, is that a good experience? I think it's becoming more and more common. Like I was thinking about wildlife is maybe my favorite iteration of that. 
uh, we need to talk about Kevin. I think the I got uh, vibes of that movie from this movie. Yes, totally. Yeah. Um, I think what's it called? The Lost Daughter. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut is apparently oh, going to be something along those lines. Connections. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I th- like so. I think that's like a sort of a concept we're more comfortable talking about now. Yeah. But probably fell way different i want to say like 25 years ago or whenever this came out like specifically the scene of her and britney murphy uh what they're on like mushrooms or something and she just asked like do you love your kid yeah and it's like like i think i don't know there's a reaction to that that's like how could you ever ask that or there's a reaction to that that's like i'm sure there's millions of people who are forced into being housewives asking that exact question at that exact time like Yeah, I I just think that's very, very cool that this movie happened when it did. Yeah. We yeah. love James Woods. Mm. Yeah. Mm. He's so scary. He is scary. Yeah. He's a lot in this movie, and I was like, mm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Is this even acting? That's libelous. Yeah. I'm sorry. Cut that out of the podcast. <clears throat> Don't like the yeah. style, though, Car. I mean, it has that 90s glow, but it felt like a TV movie to me most of the time. Like, it's very flatly lit and shot i felt like i guess i don't mind i like that didn't really stand out to me because it just felt like how it was supposed to be you know yeah which doesn't mean that like it has good style but it just like felt right (laughs) you know (laughs) it just wouldn't look like this now if you like no no one would ever shoot a movie like this which is interesting in its own way but uh there are definitely movies from this time period that look a lot better than this movie so. yes absolutely yeah uh and i don't know you know i guess i don't know if that's a budget issue or it's just this is the way they felt like it, it's a 90s drama you know like i wonder if that's yeah. just like this is how we do this at this time like, okay no one asks questions yeah i think it's also like the movies like this now are so few and far between yeah that they're like projects properly, you know, whereas like, I feel like this is what movies were in the nineties for the most part. Yeah. So maybe it was just like a little bit less precious or something. I can't think of a movie that I would equate to this movie that is like in theaters. No, I think like this movie now is gritty, which like, I think is what <laughs> Mickey Joan Hall's movie is going to be. Sure. Probably more serious. Like, I don't know. It was Yes. I guess I don't know if this was a serious project, I guess is what I'm asking. Like, it seems like it, but the acting is kind of all over the place. And the tone is kind of all over the place. Not in a bad way, but it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel prestige to me. It feels like, you know, the director of Big did a movie about motherhood being. But I think that's exactly rough. what I'm saying. Like, I this is such a point that like every, I don't know, person who talks about movies makes all the time. But like. There were just hundreds of movies like this yeah. before. Like, it, not every movie had to be prestige or super dramatic or crafted by an auteur or something. Like, it right. was just, like, dramas that were also sort of comedies or whatever. It just happened all the time, <laughs> and it was fine, and people yeah. saw them yeah. and liked them. Yeah. Do we blame Marvel? Is it because Marvel's taking up three slots in every movie theater? Is that... Yes, of okay. course. Yeah, okay. we blame cool. Marvel. Okay, cool. In Disney in general and Done. all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, uh, <clears throat> I don't like how this is kind of structured like a biopic and we'll talk about biopics later and how much I hate biopics, but I like the, <laughs> uh, 
I like the way they use the period setting. Like mm-hmm. the, I think the her as a child is really cute, and like driving mm-hmm. around with her dad, listening to the radio, I thought it was really cute. And then like seventies seem like a bad time for everyone, yeah, in general. And then I love mom Drew Barrymore, like thirty five, you know, power haircut, ready to yes. take on the world type stuff. That's the awesome craziest too. smoky eye anyone. Yeah, ever I was, seen. I was in, I was <laughs> transfixed by her eye makeup and. <laughs> that section, I was like, "What can you do that?" I Whoa. didn't know if it was supposed to be like bad on purpose. Like it was like one of those. Of, like, did the makeup artist know what they were doing? Is this? Yeah, yeah, it was insane. Very strange. I like her coat though. Yes, good coat. I also totally like the fake out they do very early on of her and her nearing adult son being in the car and like you think they're a couple mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then he uh gets on the phone and like oh no 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 the girl at the store says like oh you're your girlfriend, girlfriend likes whatever. to horn yeah and then he calls her mom and i was still like oh he means like oh she's my like acting yeah, like i was mom. confused i was right there yeah, with yeah, you yeah. yeah but eventually i was, was like clarified oh okay I yeah uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that part was kind of clumsy, I guess, because yeah. neither of us knew what was happening. But yeah. yeah, that poor kid. Yeah, the end, the entire end part, I think, is excellent. Like the way that they balance the fact that she's only like 35 and yeah. she's lived like a hundred times the life I will ever live <laughs> yeah. um, and has had yeah. every dream crushed. Yeah. And she didn't ask for any of it. And like, if she was born in a different age, none of this probably would have ever happened. Yep. It's circumstance and culture and politics and all of this stuff have made her life living hell. Yep. Um, balanced with the fact that like she ruined her kid's life too. Like, right. it's not her fault, but that's what happened. And like, that's his reality. Right. And I think they do an incredible job of having those two things be true at the same time. Yeah. And you get to feel both of them really, really well. Right. I, I yeah. agree with you completely, Car. Yeah. I think the, uh, son does, a, the actor does a really, really good job in that section of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a that whole last like half hour is just like, ooh, yeah. It's like peeling a band aid off for half an hour. It's just like, ooh, yeah. Got to get through this, and then it's got a really kind of sweet ending at the end. Totally, yeah. Very nice, like into credits little sequence there. I thought. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Yes. Makes you just want to curl up and sleep forever, car. This movie. Yep. <laughs> what else? Do- it also like I hate to bring up last night in Soho again, yeah. but it was like uh, just the idea that like so many people romanticize this time right. or like you know like late sixties or something. It's yeah. like. What are you guys doing? Like, it was yeah. hell. It was so much worse to be alive then. Right. Than it is. I mean, well, I don't know. But, like, that's not a nice time to exist, especially no. as, like, a non-wealthy white dude. Like, right. what are you talking about? It's so right. gnarly. Well, I think they do that really well in this movie because you have that very nice scene where she's a child, you know. Yeah. And it's like, oh, nostalgia. And, like, this is cute. And then you can just watch the floor drop out on her. And yes. it's still, 
you know, the sixties, but it's like, this is awful. And like the marriage, the whole wedding scene is a disaster that just keeps burning in front of you. And it's just like, oh man. Yeah. Not good. And like their one moment of levity is like, they move into this terrible house in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, okay. But it's like really cute that they're all excited about it because they have a house. It's like, but there's also that devastating part where it's like, she says to Steve Zahn, like, you've done more for me than anyone. So that must be something. And it's like, probably not. (laughs) That's not enough. She deserves so much more and she never gets it. It's just devastating. I agree. Yeah. Speaking of devastating. The post post. (laughs) (laughs) A little less glowy than war of the worlds, which was nice to see. Less glowy. I don't, know what he's doing okay visually. he being steven spielberg yes okay director movie, of the post. like it is less go glowy and okay. like there's parts of it that i think look cool but not because of like whatever filters he's placing on top of everything yeah why does he hate the way movies look why does he think they know. should look different i don't know okay i think because maybe if you took those filters off this wouldn't look good at all but it totally could. It could, but I don't think it does. And I don't hate the post at all. I thought it was a very entertaining movie. Yeah. There's something about the way this movie looks that's not Yes, good. I agree. Uh, hmm. I don't know. It's so hard to put your finger on, I think. It looks like expensive crap. Like it doesn't... You could do more with less, and he does less with yes. more, it seems like. Yeah, maybe he needs to be forced to make some like budget decisions or something. <laughs> like you, I haven't. I I know it's a movie crime. I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, but you. Oh, uh, I have to imagine that the war scenes in that look better than the Vietnam sequence in this movie. Yes, definitely. At least from my memory, yeah. Okay, and I'm sure that was a much higher budget film, but. It's like, it, it almost feels like amateur hour or something. Yeah. Not in the construction of the movie, which I think is very good. Like all the editing and like the, I think it's a well-made movie. It's just, yeah, there's some, there's some barrier there. That's like, I don't know. It feels yeah. like you're watching a movie the whole time. Yes, totally. Absolutely. Hmm. That's a good movie. Huh. I thought the post. Yeah. It was like, I don't know. So like when this came out, I was sort of stuck my nose up at it because it was like very awards baity, you know, like it doesn't feel get... like that now though. No, exactly, which is yeah. why I wanted to Oh, we should also say yeah, we couldn't watch Silkwood because it doesn't exist anywhere. Well I could probably get a copy with my Netflix DVD subscription. Maybe. I don't know. I was like reading about it and it was like there's some weird period of movies owned by MGM that like oh. just don't exist. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah, super weird. Anyways, okay. so I chose the post instead. Because um, of Meryl. Yeah, kind of because of Meryl. Um, <laughs> but like, oh, I totally lost. Oh, so I thought it was like super awards baity. And then I think I was like listening to a podcast or something when they where they mentioned it. Um, and we're talking about like just how genuinely good it was. And it was like, oh, maybe I like wrote that off too quickly. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. it's somewhere in between, I think, yeah. where it's like, it is more than the sum of its parts. Or, like, it's not just the fact that they have all of these good actors. Like, 
there is a really cool and interesting story there, but I Damn. also do think it like fails in a number of different realms. <laughs> Hit me, Cart. I think so. I think the exploration of Meryl's character at the beginning is so good. Mm-hmm. Like this woman who is like so displaced by her gender, but also her privilege, and like she was born into all of this, and like maybe doesn't feel like she deserves all of it in a certain way. She definitely feels like she doesn't understand it as much as other people do. And like the scenes of her, like practicing what she's going to say in the boardroom and then like not actually being able to say it. Like I thought Mm -hmm. all of that was excellent. And then at the end, it just turns into like the most um, obvious, like I, there's just like I don't know movies love doing this where like mm. oh it's harder for girls or something <laughs> like when all of the girls outside the courthouse are just like staring at her silently it's just like yeah. well that didn't happen like well, no, there wasn't just like a, well I don't think there was a suddenly a wall of like 30 girls with no one else around and they just look at her and no one says anything like it just doesn't feel like mm. reality in a certain way like yeah. it it feels like he wanted that to be a powerful scene, so we arranged people just so. And, like, right. it totally takes the wind out of it. Um, yeah, I think the looks are a barrier. There's okay. just, I don't know. There's something that, like, doesn't quite land entirely, I guess. For the whole movie, you mean? Or Meryl's <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely noticed halfway through the movie that the two main plot lines were diverging and one seemed to be taking over the other one because Meryl yeah. was basically sidelined by the end of this movie, except for her big decision she needs to make, which felt really right. weird because though the eventual main plot line is very important historically, it's maybe not really that interesting or it doesn't seem very nuanced the way they talk about it. It's just like the press should win. And then it kind of does win. And then the movie's yeah. over. Except the press didn't win. Like, I know this feels like the wrong time to be putting this movie out, I guess. Like, the press didn't win. The press is in danger right now. There's a thing where yeah. they're trying to shut down the New York Times for running, you know, leaked information. Like, right now. Like, obviously, yeah. this wasn't this big, big game-changing thing. It was a kind of simplified version of the story where one time they kind of skirted the law and were able to do so eventually because of lawyering or whatever because of jesse plemons being cool but yeah jesse plemons rocks i don't know it i didn't like i compare this to spotlight which i think is a much better movie and more impactful and i compare this to all the president's men which i think is so much better than this movie Mm. um and is kind of dealing with the same time period and you know journalistic ethics and all that stuff but as a kind of echo of that movie, which I feel like is exactly what the post is, because it's kind of just taking a look at that same subject from a slightly different angle and with more like modern filmmaking technique. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It wasn't as effective. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it, it just feels like it should be like <clears throat> the most enjoyable movie ever or yeah. something like those types of stories are just like candy and they're so yeah, fun. Absolutely. And, like, also the power to be very impactful. And, like, for some reason, it didn't feel like candy. Whereas, but the beginning part did with, what's his face? The guy from the Americans and stuff. Mm-hmm, He's so awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love him papers. so much. And that that entire part where, like, yeah, he's 
coming back from Vietnam and he's stealing the documents. Like that was like, Ooh, like a, <laughs> directly into my veins. Love it yep. so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then I don't know. And I think like there is something so, I mean, like I, this is all pulled from history. So it's not like Spielberg. I don't know. Invented no, he this, but like, he was like, what if they like, hmm, what if there's some <laughs> secret papers and they stole Well, I think the idea of like the Washington Post going public at the same time as this happening yeah. is like a great tension device that is maybe underutilized or something. Like, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, like that's, that's fascinating and just yeah. doesn't feel like it delivers the punch that it should. Yeah, this should have been about that and Meryl Streep with the other stuff in the background, but it's the opposite. I think mm-hmm. is my problem with it. Yeah, it's like okay, right. history lessons fun, but there's like this character drama happening here, and right. Meryl Streep's an amazing actor, so maybe we should focus on that instead of Tom Hanks, who is maybe not an amazing actor. Maybe <sighs> he's not good in this. I don't think he's playing Tom Hanks, which is like everybody's but with a playing, weird voice. <laughs> everybody's playing themselves. It's like I'm Bob Odenkirk, and I'm Bob Odenkirk in this movie. He's and so good, though. I, love I know Bob I love Odenkirk. him, but. He's yeah. not like he's not inhabiting a role. He's just Bob Odenkirk kind of like yeah. stressed out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um I think that Meryl is really, really good. No, I agree. She's excellent yeah. in this movie. I just want to point out, like, I think people talk about this all the time, but she just like it. There's so much extra work she does. Yeah. That is so do. excellent. Like the way that she chooses to like move her body and use her voice. It's just, like she, yeah, she's the best. I don't know. Like it's so moot to say, but it's, yeah. I don't know. She's excellent. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite uh, Streep performance? That's a good, I feel like I haven't seen a lot of the biggies, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I rewatched Mama Double Wars Prada recently and she's so good in that. Um, yeah. Uh, her in that one, what's the divorce movie? Yep, 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 yep. She's very good in that, but she has quite a small role. I don't know. Like, uh, I guess I don't have a big one. It would probably have to be Devil Wears Prada, I guess. Like, that's the one that I've Oof. seen the most and that I really enjoy, but I'm sure that's not actually the number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's a great movie. She's like eating the thing in the limo or whatever the hell is happening. Mm-hmm. Film. How's your coffee card? Yeah. It's good. What if I have to blow my nose? Do it. Okay. I'll take this as ASMR on the podcast app thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Okay. We're back. Thanks. <laughs> oh, my um, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really like Allison Brie. Was she in it? She's the daughter of Meryl. Oh. Yeah. That flew past me. Okay, sure. <laughs> Good for her. Um, Carrie Coon, really like. Nope, I have no idea. She's the editorial reporter. Okay. This is just a bunch <laughs> of good actors. <laughs> Above all else. You can tell we are really jazzed about this movie because Carly's naming tertiary <laughs> characters that are... I mean, okay, the best part of the movie is the mechanical printing stuff absolutely and i love yeah. it's so cheesy but it's like spielberg like putting his stamp on the movie but i just love yes uh bob at the desk and it starts rumbling and he's like oh yeah, yes the press lives yes it's that's great good. that's great that's what i want this movie to be yeah. um and then it just all the other stuff is in between 
Absolutely. Yeah. I wish, uh, I don't know, maybe I just find, like, even taking the quality of the movie aside, I guess, I think Spotlight and All the President's Men are just more interesting subjects. Yeah. Like, does every single historical event have to be turned into a movie? Steven Spielberg says yes. I don't know if I agree with him necessarily. Uh, and then he hints at, like, now I'll make my Watergate movie at the end, which is like, no, we already did that. That's all the president's men. It's already yeah. been made. Stay away from that, please. <laughs> it was a good movie. I think, like, there is a version of this movie that's, like, the best movie. You know, like, I don't think it's subject matter. I think it's execution. I don't think it's a Spielberg movie, yeah. Yeah. This is not what I go to Steven Spielberg for. I go to him for crazy Tom Cruise sci-fi movies, which doesn't feel yeah. true to life. But that's exactly what has happened. Yeah. God bless him. So. Yeah. What's your favorite Spielberg outside of the Tom Cruise sci-fi oeuvre? Ooh. Where's my cellular device? I have to look. Do is you it, have one that immediately comes to mind? I don't much care for E.T. No, me either. Or the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, those are fine. They're fine, but I I never had the connection to them, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, have I s- have one. What's up? It's Catch Me If You Can. See, nothing. That it's might like, actually be my all time. Yeah, that and Minority Report are like neck yeah. neck. Oh, Minority Reports are good. I just don't. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that our Spielberg era is like five years in the early 2000s. Yeah, that's true. He's been making movies since like 1967. And this is what we choose to take with us. And that's fine. (laughs) I like War Horse. It's about a horse in a war. Yeah. Are you a naysayer? I'm trying to look. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Lincoln. I haven't seen Lincoln and I probably never will. Yeah, he was know. Schindler's List, right? I haven't seen Schindler's yep. List either. I haven't seen Schindler's List either. Huh. Well, instead of listing off movies we haven't seen, Carl, let's talk <laughs> about something else that we have okay. seen. What did okay. you watch? Um. Okay, I'll start out with Spency. Oh, my gosh. South Spencer. Oh, my um, gosh. I won't go into it too much because I think part of the magic of it is like, I don't know, just experiencing all of it. Like, I didn't watch the trailer or anything ahead of time. Um, yes. And I think that's advisable. They're on to you, Carl. outside my apartment. <laughs> They're on to you. This is the um, Princess Diana movie starring uh, Case 2. Yeah, it's... This is like... I love this movie so much. Are they circling your block, car? <laughs> no, they're gone now. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, this isn't like... I am currently contemplating... Uh, moving it into the top four of Letterboxd. I'll just say that. Oh my gosh, your um, favorite movies of all time list, except for people who say the top four are my favorite four movies I've seen recently or the my favorite four of the year, and I wish they wouldn't do that because that's not what that's for? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I So, okay, I've seen Jackie, Pablo Lorraine's <laughs> okay. other sort of biopic, <laughs> which I deeply, it, yeah. deeply loved. Okay. I think the idea to make movies about women historical figures in inflection points in their lives and take liberties with it, like yes. not make it a biopic, do just like whatever you want with it, 
Hell based yeah. on their essence is like the coolest thing in the world and we should do more of that and less of like here's Jackie Kennedy or something um, and I think the other big thing coming into this is like I don't care about the royals at all like I, that's yep. not a piece of media I care about that's not a piece of history or <laughs> culture I care about I don't know there's like the crown and stuff like I yeah. don't care about any of it okay. I don't I don't know about a lot of it. Obviously, I know like the basics about Princess Diana, but kind of nothing beyond that. Um, And I think that's great. I think like a lot of people who love the royals and are like obsessive about it seem to be having a harder time with this because it truly doesn't care about like what happened. Um, It just cares about like exploring um, ideas around this person and uh why the royal family probably shouldn't exist anymore cool. um and it's just like it was one of those like i i just didn't know what to expect and it every scene felt like one of those scenes where it's like oh my god you like i'm trying to think of an example in a, in another movie but like you know, a scene in a movie where it's like, holy shit, I didn't realize like this was the type of movie I was in for. Yeah. It's just like that again and again and again and again. <laughs> and it's shocking. And Case Stu is exactly right for it. Mm-hmm. Like, I huge Case Stu fan. Of course. Her, her like, I just think so much about how she naturally acts and looks and exists is perfect for this movie. Like, her shoulders are like up to her ears constantly in like every movie she's in. And that's exactly what you want in this movie. And I also think like the way she talks, it's like she's constantly racing to the end of every sentence. Mm -hmm. Perfect for this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then it looks beautiful, like so beautiful and is thrilling the entire way through and just, I don't know. I yeah. I deeply, deeply love this movie. Very nice. I wish I could see it. I wish you could see it, too. Hmm. What are the oh. odds of that happening? Like zero? Until... In 2021? Yeah. I don't know. It might not be zero. It might be like 10%. Heck yeah. <laughs> Just got to find some cedars. I mean, uh, a, a theater, I, I meant to say. <laughs> Theaters. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I don't, and it's like, it wasn't just thrilling either. It was like deeply emotionally impactful. Like, that's good. It was one of those where you just like, I felt so shaken by the end of it. And like, there's moments of like pure joy and horror and just like, I don't know. It's lovely. Really, really lovely. Why Carly? Yeah. Why can't they pace these movies out over the course of the year so that we don't get a year full of crap and then, you know, seven prestige movies at the end of the year? And it's like, oh, okay. It sucks. I guess I'll watch all these now. (sighs) Yeah. I wish it wasn't this way. I think it's probably worse this way in terms of like specifically when uh, people who don't live in big cities are able to see movies because. Hello. Yeah. um, The Oscars are late. And, like, we've known yeah. they were going to be late. So they're like, yeah. oh, I can push this into February. And it's like, well, no. like, <laughs> Yeah, because then you get the Nomadland situation, which right. I don't, like, I can't even imagine that people who like that movie care about that movie at this point. No. As much. No. 
it felt it feels like it came out 10 years ago no man like it's craziness so yeah i don't know what's going on there yeah same with minari yep ah god yeah i was making my 2021 list i was like minari came out (laughs) like yeah crazy (laughs) and it's so hard to contextualize that against everything because like yeah we already did the award cycle for it like it's so weird it's old news it's dead stock like get rid of it yeah we have new movies to talk about, like Clifford. Mm-hmm. And Marvel movies. Yeah. I think our, our <laughs> canonical list should have The Eternals, but not Nomadland on it. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. So dumb. Car, do you have other Spencer thoughts? Um, I'd very much like to, to see it. Score is really good. Okay. Uh, music in general is really, really good has tons of people that you're happy to see in it um i like that like Case the two. guy who plays um i think it's the guy who plays peter pettigrew isn't it in a really really oh. good role um yeah i that's probably about it <laughs> okay you added it to every nominee category which is awesome so yeah i mean it, it is also one of those where it's just like oh it, this goes here everything- this goes here this goes yeah, well, I mean, like, like the clothes is a good example. Like, just everything yeah. she wears is perfect. Well, there you go. And that's such Done. a part of the movie, too. Like, yeah, they, everything's just so well thought out. Very nice. Yeah. Can I talk about a biopic I watched that wasn't as good? Yes. To me? I don't yes. know if you would call... Is Spencer a biopic considering what takes place over, like, 15 minutes or something? Three days. I Three think days. He, I, I I think so because what else do you call it? I don't know. Movie. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Historodrama. Yeah. I watched an angel at my table, What's which that? is a biopic about New Zealand writer Janet Frame. I have no idea. Okay, you know how we were talking about '90s glow? Yes. It is 100% that. Okay. And it's a very good movie. But it's a biopic, so I didn't like it. Okay. I think I just hate biopics. Mm, why? I just hate the structure and I hate mm-hmm. the tone of them where it's like we inherently need to like celebrate this character and then they'll be at their low point two thirds of the way yeah. through the movie and then they'll come back and everyone appreciates them now and they're putting out their best work and then the movie's over and it's like, I hate this so much. It's not how human life works. Right. You can't smush human life, especially these people who are like creatives and like, you know, doing all this work and then we just smush it in this Play-Doh hair thing and you turn the crank and then the Play-Doh comes out. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Narrative yes. Play-Doh is what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. It was, it was very nice. And what a tragic story of this poor, poor woman. Why? Um, she like grew up poor and her she had many siblings and some of them died while she was a child. And mm. then she went off to school and she was very shy. So they thought she had schizophrenia. So they put her in a mental institution for like eight years. And Jeez. she had a book published while she was in the institution and it was the only thing that saved her from being lobotomized like they're like oh we're not going to do this lobotomy now you're a published author and then she gets out and like she's a broken person but then her publisher lets her tour europe to like expand her boundaries and then like the last third of the movie is like 
so heartwarming because she's actually getting to live this life and she can experience love for the first time. Blah, blah. Wow. And she's like this fascinating woman. Uh, but something about this movie, I just couldn't like it, everything about it is good. I just, I can't with the biopic thing. It just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work for me. So. What, have you read any of her work? No, I'd really like to after seeing okay. this, but it's, it's based on her autobiography, I believe. So. Oh, what made you watch it? Um, I don't know. It was on my watch list and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It seemed good. People seemed to like it. So I was like, okay. I've never heard of it or her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your obscure New Zealand authors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, there's like see, scenes in this movie, I think would just like be amazing to you. And hmm. I could definitely appreciate them, but uh, couldn't as a to, as an overall film. I just couldn't get on board with it. I guess. So. I think it's just so like there's like that. Okay, number one, I think there's a distrust of audiences like right. that. In order for some, in order for us to understand something, someone we must see everything that happened to them, mm-hmm. which is like fundamentally not true. And I think like movies like Spencer. Uh, illustrate that where mm-hmm, like we mm-hmm. don't need to see uh, Princess Diana's childhood play out in front of us in order to understand what it was like. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it's also like the lack of choice. Like make a choice about like what time period is illustrative of who this person is, and then no, their whole life card. We have to tell their right. whole life story. Yeah, I don't know why that's like the initial impulse for everything. Because that's not how other movies work. So no. like the post is like, here's Tom Hanks as a boy. Right. And then now we'll focus <laughs> on this part for a while and then he'll die. Like that's <laughs> And then he's old and he closes the book and then the book is called right. The Post. And then he goes, right. Ah. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, it's such a weird thing that that's like become how those movies need to be. <laughs> to be fair, this movie's from 1990, so... Maybe okay. we can cut them a little bit of slack, but yeah. uh, like her, the first third is her childhood, and it's just this kind of like stream of consciousness, like very, like very dark. But you can tell it's like viewed from the eyes of a child, and like that's all great. Yeah. And then after that, I just kind of lost the plot mm-hmm. on it. So it starts to get a little Ron Howardy, if you you know, it started to Ruh-roh. smell a little Ron Howardy, if you get what I'm saying. So, Car, uh, what else did you? watch i watched the souvenir i rewatched, <clears throat> and then next day watched the souvenir part two nice <gasps> um i really, really like the souvenir mm-hmm. it's a really good movie um don't tell me the two is better car don't even drop that truth on i don't me. know it might oh, be okay. like i don't know I, like this is such a good i think it's so cool that these movies are able to exist in the way that they do where it's like i don't know everything about this movie kind of astounds me like it's uh, joanna hogg this director like making a movie inspired by her own life that is so like the first movie is so brutal in showing you the realities of like a really 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 difficult period in her life where she's growing up and uh trying to understand who she is as a creative person 
while also being in a relationship with an addict and like how does someone who I think lacks sort of a sense of self at that age uh, deal with all of the things that that situation would force you to deal with. And then the second movie, I, I like, it kind of blew me. I couldn't believe what I was seeing sort of mm. like it. The second movie, I'll just give a very vague description, is um, the main character deciding how to create, um, how to make creative works out of the first movie. Like, she's figuring out how to deal with what she experienced in what we saw in the first movie and, like, turn it into art. And it is by doing that, the character is opening herself up to so much criticism and so much hurt and so much strife. And because this movie is inspired by like real events, the director is doing the same thing. Like it's so like deeply metatextual in a way that's like, I was thinking a lot about adaptation. Like adaptation is a cool movie. This is like if you took adaptation, like it made it so meaningful and real. Like it's just like <laughs> you're seeing people just examine mm. things that must be so painful to examine for like two hours. Um, and it's the second one is like, even though there's all that heavy stuff going on, it's so much more light and funny and um so the main character is played by um tilda swinton's daughter um i think it was like her first acting role was the first movie or something like that um and tilda swinton plays her mother in the movie and like you you get some really lovely moments in the first movie of them but the second movie is much more focused on their relationship and it's truly beautiful and like so heartwarming and you need so much of that heartwarming stuff because of what uh, the main character is going through. It's like beautifully balanced and then just goes out with an absolute bang. Like it, I, I was so surprised the entire time, but like the turns that the movie was making. Um, hmm. Yeah. Really, really, really enjoyed. You're talking about the second one. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. I guess like, and I can't <laughs> recommend enough. Like if you watch the second one, absolutely watch the first one, like as close as you can to it like it it feels like this is essentially a i don't know four hour movie or something like they're they talk to each other so much and so rely on your understanding of the first one which also like blows i was just thinking about like before i saw the second one how how incredible it is that like she got to do this like it the first movie was like definitely a critical success and was seen by like people who like to see those types of movies but to then gamble on okay i'm gonna make a part two of a first movie that was really difficult to watch and like had non-traditional arc and like probably didn't make a ton of money and in order to see part two you definitely need to see part one and you have to like part one enough to see part two like it's just like I don't know. It's astounding that uh, this got to get made. Um, yeah. Well, Carr, they've solved the problem for me by not letting me see it. So it'll, it'll be on Showtime, which you don't have. Woo! Soon. 
<laughs> oh, so it'll be on the internet. Gotcha. Yes, it'll be on the internet. Um, and Taylor Swift's boyfriend is in it. What else you been watching, Kari? Um. <laughs> Taylor Swift short film starring Taylor Swift? I watched it. Did you? Sort of. Um, okay. At Friendsgiving, uh, it was oh, played. This is getting worse by the second. Keep going. <laughs> I was having my it's pumpkin fine. spice latte and watching the Taylor Swift short film. I think it's weird because like, I think that Red is maybe the best Taylor Swift album. Uh, no, you're talking about Red Taylor's version. Yeah. So I like. I think... Like a red Taylor's version as a concept is really interesting. And like, um, I do like a lot of the songs on it. And I think, I don't know. This like really made me grapple with Taylor Swift. As a person. I've been doing that my whole life. Car. <laughs> yeah. I, I think like it, it's, I, I heard someone refer to the short film as unhinged and it is absolutely mm. unhinged. It is like, one of those, like, someone... It's sort of in the same way that uh, Miss Americana was, where it's just, like, <laughs> she only has yes-men around her, right. and it's, like, yes, Taylor, yes, Taylor, yes, Taylor, and, like, it'd probably be helpful to have some no-Taylors in there. Um, I can do that. But what happens, I guess, as a result of all of that is... I don't know. Art. Something that's extremely interesting because of how fraught it is. Like, <laughs> I and I don't know. I just I don't know how to have an opinion about it. Basically, okay, yeah. The movie or Taylor Swift or both, all of it. I think okay. the movie is like such a like the epitomization of Taylor Swift, where it's like, is it fair? Everyone has like the right to make music about what they want and media about what they want, but like, is it fair knowing that you have? maybe the most intense fan base out there to mm-hmm. make a short film about a relationship from like 10 years ago or whatever of a very public figure. Like you can, is it fair? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know you're not asking for my opinion necessarily, but uh, I would just be like the whole what she's doing, I think, is really interesting. I wish it wasn't couched in I'm going to be folk adjacent, the national lady for these four years. Like all of this is happening and I feel like the worst of her like artistic. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, but eras eras. Yes, this era is not working for me at all. And it's interesting that this is the era in which all of this is happening. So I think like to me, the evermore folk folklore era is done like i'm not hearing that as much in uh red taylor's version but it's all like from the album cover to the short film at least from what i've seen it's all got that very like i'm in the woods in autumn and it's like you know filmic and grain and like it's all very natural and it all feels like it felt like a it felt like something she was wearing then, and it still feels like that. And yeah. I don't know how you distance this movie from that because it feels like, you know, it feels like she's filtering her whatever she's trying to say through these established aesthetics that feel bad to me. I don't know. Yeah. 
I think it might be coincidental with the progression of her music career where like Red is more of a country album. Like it's like the bridge to pop. So yeah. like it, maybe it's more natural for some of that to be imbued in it. But to your point, like I think my favorite Taylor Swift is like fun, bonkers music video. Taylor Swift where it's like... Where it's like Kendrick showing up for five seconds and getting exploded. No, not that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I like love story Taylor Swift oh, yeah, where yeah. like she's a princess and stuff like that's yeah. great. Um, I don't know. Yeah. she. What a complex career. Like, I, I don't want to... <laughs> it's not a great position to be like this person who's been artistically controlled by men her entire life finally getting to do her own thing. And I'm like, well, I don't really like this look, Taylor. <laughs> It's not really working for me, but I don't know. Yeah. It's just, uh, I, you know what? I don't have an opinion. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to have one and it's of no value. So, Car, what else is going on? Well, you go. Um, well, I watched Split. Oh, yes. Tell me, tell me, tell Which me. Which I hadn't seen. Yes. Somehow. I haven't seen it either. Oh, you have not seen. But I know the spoiler at the end. There's a spoiler at the end? Well, I guess like the twist. There's not really a twist. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, uh, I thought it was extremely entertaining, and I, I don't, I won't say a lot about it, especially considering you haven't seen it. But I just feel like uh, M Night Shyamalan is a very skilled director, and people are just yeah. not willing to meet on his level in any way. It seems like, like it, he's like I, I can name more M Night Shyamalan movies I like than I can for most directors, and I just feel like every yeah. time a movie comes out, he's like. People are just like, huh, here he goes again. And it's like, no, he's like making this really cool, like it's shot in an interesting way. And it's this cool mm -hmm. concept. And he kind of tackles emotion in the same way, kind of the Wachowski sisters do, where it's like very pure and like, they're just like, it's a lot about empathy and like connections between people. And there's a lot of that in Split. And I feel like people just kind of like laugh that off. And I feel like, no, that's really important to the movies he's making. And I don't know. I just, it's kind of frustrating. I like his movies a lot. I completely agree. I think he is one of the more like, um, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Totally. Yeah, I like, and that. like, I, I think we need more of that. <laughs> like, yeah, that's good. I think. <laughs> not everything needs to be cynical. I don't know. Right. Like, I'm he not seems gonna, extremely <laughs> uncynical to me. I'm not going to sit down and watch old and expect like a masterpiece of human emotion necessarily. Uh, but I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, you gotta watch old. Yeah, it's on its way, yeah. dude. I got the Blu-ray in the mail. Yes. Mm, so. How was Anya? She's good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. I think uh, McAvoy is a scene stealer through the whole movie. Yeah, I've so heard he's high. really, really excellent in this. Yeah, it's. It, I really thought it was a very entertaining movie. I was Ooh. kind of like, I was very invested the entire time. Hmm. It's kind of stupid. <laughs> but they all are kind of stupid. Like, that's it, I right? I know. There's parts yeah. that are kind of stupid, but I was with it even then. I was like, okay. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to watch Glass. So have you seen, what is it, The Unbreakable? Yes. I've seen okay. Unbreakable, yes. Okay. Which has one of the worst endings of any movie I think I've ever seen. <laughs> In that it doesn't have an ending and they just put text on the screen because they ran out of money. And they're like, here's the ending of the movie. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> Which sucks, but yeah, I'm yeah. excited to watch class. Um, did you like the quote unquote twist in this? 
I don't know what the I don't know what it is though. Like what McAvoy is. Oh, I like where it ends up. Okay, it's very silly. Okay, like if you know what it is, you know that it's very silly. But uh, yeah, no, I like where that all ends up uh, in relation to Anya Taylor Joy's character. Ooh, see that part I don't know. Okay. There's some dark stuff in this movie, and I think it pays off at the end. Okay. And that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, I got to watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. If you sort by horror, it's like the one at the top that I haven't seen. Okay. It was like the next in line of most popular horror movie I haven't seen. So Hmm. speaking of that car, can I go off on a little tangent real quick? Please. Uh, I found that list of every horror movie ever made, and I was doing it alphabetically, (laughs) and that's a waste of time. But I... uh, (laughs) Sorted chronologically, uh, and silent horror movies aren't very good. Yeah. That's about all I got to say about that. Except D.W. Griffith, despite being possibly a terrible man, Mm. no, historically a terrible man, I would say, um, (laughs) sure know how to make a movie. Yeah. I don't think we, now, I don't think we could have a director as far ahead of his time as he was then, you know? Like, the... Medium was so nascent and people hadn't figured stuff out. And he was just making movies that looked so much better than what everyone else was doing. It's craziness. What did he make? I don't know. He made Birth of a Nation, which. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But he also made all these like dramas and horror movies. And like he was a major figure. And I haven't, you know, I've looked into it and I've done the research. And I can't quite figure out if people are like. This guy's irredeemable and we can't touch anything he ever did. Or if it's like, no, he was a great artist and he was troubled. And like he, you know, he also made Birth of a Nation. Yeah. I can't tell. He was a great filmmaker and he was also. Birth of a Nation is like objectively harmful to this country and society. So I don't know how to reconcile yeah. that. So. That's a tough one to reconcile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh i just won't i guess and i watched yeah. the avenging conscience and it was good what's it about um this it, you know it's a silent movie so it's not very complex but he uh this uh young man is in love with a woman and his father is or his uncle is like no 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 you have to work she's not worthy of you blah blah blah, blah. so he like plots to kill him and mm. does the young man kills his uncle and then he's kind of haunted by that event, you know, for the rest of the Ooh. movie. And then it's not, it's like the plot of every silent horror movie, but uh, just the way it's framed. And mm. um, there's like visual metaphor happening. And at that, no one else was attempting where, you know, it's just remarkable how much better it is than the other movies. Of the time. Yeah. Are you going to keep going on this train? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm going to start hitting actual movies soon, which will be okay. good. <laughs> <laughs> What's like an example of an actual movie that's upcoming? Uh, Nosferatu or... Oh, okay. Yeah. You got to let me know. That's like on the list of like, I should at some point. Yeah. It's just so hard to make yourself sit down and do that. I Absolutely. Yeah. Double speed on YouTube. I recommend it. <laughs> uh, I have one more I want to talk about, Car. Do you have any more sitting? Yeah, I got two. Hit me. Uh, I rewatched The Bling Ring. Oh, yeah. Emma Watson, Harry Potter. Emma Watson. Absolutely. Okay. Um, This is such a, like, fundamental text to me. Okay. 
explain this to me because I feel like it was, but maybe you didn't like it or something or you watched a lot. I knew this was very important to you when it came out or around. I think this was happening. Okay, so there were a few things. One, I think this was sort of the era where I was like really getting into movies for the first time. Right. Like properly, like I'm thinking like sort of social network era. And I was super, super, right. super, super intrigued by what Emma Watson was deciding to do. Sure. Um, like the whole narrative around this was she was essentially looking for a character that was the exact opposite of Hermione. And sure. I thought that was like such a cool career move and very interesting. And I like her a lot. Um and I think I'd maybe seen a Sofia Coppola. I think I saw Virgin Suicides maybe before this. Um, Weird. And like liked that a lot. Um, so I remember like watching it on a laptop in like my childhood bed at some point. Okay. <laughs> and it was just like so. It is such a weird movie. A lot of people don't like this movie, and I think it's a fair reaction to it. Like it's so. It's the story based on the true story of these teens in L.A. who stole um, from celebrities. And like part of the madness of all of it is that celebrities had like no security at this point. Like, I I think this is true. Like, so they break into Paris Hilton's house a bunch and she has had the key under the doormat. It's like, obviously, that's different now. Um, But anyways, so it's like a. You hear that and you think it might be like, oh, these teens are like so like there's an angle where it's like sort of a Robin Hood thing where you're like excited for them that they're like taking from people who objectively have way too much. That's totally not what this movie is. This is about (laughs) wealth obsessed, status obsessed teens trying to get closer and closer to the wealth and status that they want. And they objectively do for most of the movie. They're breaking into houses, going to parties, taking ecstasy, and they're like 16 and they all talk with like valley girl accents and there's like nothing to them for the most part. The movie's really smart that it frames it around this character who is like born much farther away from that status than I think um, the other characters are. He's like, he's a... um, I don't know, just like born into like maybe a objectively middle class, uh, maybe lower middle class in the uh, scope of L.A. family. Mm. He's gay. He's moving to a new school, had some academic troubles before and like just latches on to this very, very pretty um, girl who's obsessed with fashion in a way that he is. And like they have a really beautiful friendship or like a beautiful to him friendship um, that just truly becomes about. Um, mostly her wanting to rob uh, celebrities. <laughs> and Same. it's just so, like, it, it's so deeply condemns um, celebrity and status and wealth. And I think, like, by approaching it the way it does, it can feel really, like, empty or um, basic or something. But I think it's just, like, probably quite accurate. Like, yeah. These are kids and like you have to like understand that they're, I don't know, like raised in an environment where celebrity is like the coolest thing. Like this is very much the Perez Hilton era. Like everyone's obsessed with what Lindsay Lohan is doing next. 
Um, but they're also idiots and they're vapid and whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the other thing is like, this is maybe the most fundamental like music um, awakening. Ting tings? <clears throat> it's got everything, man. Okay. Like, this is how I found out about. Um, uh, God, why can't I think now? Um, Feist. Crown on the Ground. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, sleigh bells and Frank Ocean and a few other big ones. Like this soundtrack is just absolutely killer. Oh, two one two. This is the first time I heard two one two by Azalea Banks. Like, oh. it's just it's got the coolest soundtrack in the world. Um, huh. and revisiting it, it was like I was expecting to have to be like, oh no, this is a bad movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think that you just have <laughs> to like accept it for what it is. Everyone yes. else is wrong. I think okay. you have to accept that like it is a movie about vapid people and therefore the movie is sort of like soulless and like that's probably yeah. the point um yeah i think it's great so have you seen spring breakers yes okay i know a lot of people like compare the two they're extremely opposite movies to me okay. i don't know i mean they're both about teens doing stupid stuff but that's kind of it i think i don't know yeah Oh, like yeah. Spring Breakers is just like pure up nihilism, just like end it all. Is that what? I guess, I it, yeah. So it is. it is absolutely that. Spring Breakers feels like, I guess I don't know. I only saw Spring Breakers once. That felt way more like, I guess it's troubling in the opposite end, where yeah. like hey, this is like the peak of like uh, wealth and status, and like the Leslie Mann plays the mom of Emma Watson and like is obsessed with the secret and stuff. Like it's that world versus like, I think more of like the Safdie brothers type world is how I think about Spring yeah. Breakers where it's just like yeah. muck and gritty Grunge. and all of that stuff. Like the tone yeah. is completely different. Maybe the end result is the same though. Huh. Do you think yeah. it hits different now in 2021 than it did? Like think- you were talking about like, aspiration and all that stuff that seems way more relevant now even than it did back then chasing yeah, status I think we're maybe more aware of it now or something like yep. and like what we're doing to kids like i think maybe it also builds in some more empathy for these characters who like really really suck where it's like we're doing this to children <laughs> like yeah. we're, our culture is choosing to make people into this it's not like they were born and wanted to be Lindsay lohan immediately like that's not speak for yourself and i think it's also like i i I think maybe the major criticism of this which is fair is like it might lack some empathy for um like the Lindsay lohan figures i don't know it's Mm. sort of maybe it doesn't it doesn't really dive into what she was going through Besides just mentioning it, like it's not critical of her or anything, um, but maybe just like doesn't leave as much room to examine that as it could. In the movie, is it like we're going to go rob Lindsay Lohan or is it like stand in fake celebrities that they're... It is. We're going to go rob Lindsay Lohan. Oh. Yeah. That's And there's like a, like you see like celebrity cameos. I think oh. they pull the real footage of like the court cases where like Lindsay Lohan Jesus. is going into the courthouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That... Okay. Which I think you have to. Like, I think this movie would sure. suck if it was, like, ex-fake celebrity. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. You go into Paris Hilton's house and you, like, see the dogs and stuff. Like, it's... Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Her chihuahuas? Yeah. 
Oh, that's hot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moon Ring in theaters now. Is it one of the canonical <laughs> movies of 2021, Carl? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I always, uh, I'm always curious if we did this process, you know, in like 2014, what we would come up with. Should I use that as a launching yes. for my last movie? Of I think the epitome of what you just mentioned okay. is Holy Motors. Dude, I love Holy Motors. Yeah, it's great. Or I remember loving it. Yeah, it's great. And okay. But it was truly like when I was watching this, I was like, if the Sprockies existed, yeah. this best would looking, be all best actor. over the map. <laughs> the like best vibe like all yeah it would be everywhere yeah um yeah this was great i was like last night it was like i want to watch a movie that's maybe a little bonkers um it it is and it totally is i think so i'm kind of upset about how i approached it okay i think i had read just like the letterbox description okay which uses the word assassin that's and I, yeah, that's not I got like really caught in that. And like yeah. I wish I hadn't seen that because then like for the first half of the movie, I was like, is he trying to just like kill people? Is, <laughs> is he, he an assassin really for hire? <laughs> like I don't it was really, really kind of messing with my understanding of what was yeah. going on. That would, which is like <laughs> he's yeah. like that's not the point at all. I don't know. That would be a very tough movie to sum up in twenty words. Like Yes. I couldn't do it. I think it's way more accurate to say, though, like, he's an actor or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But not on stage. Like, it's like, right. a, yeah, it's. A, but Assassin, I think, is a way for them to get people to watch it because it's like, oh, he's going to kill people, which he does. But that's not it. Like, I, yeah. Isn't that one specific sequence, though? Or does he do that through the whole movie? I don't remember. He kills like two people, I think. OK. Yeah. But it's like this weird, like alternate sci-fi world and like he's inhabiting different roles mm-hmm. but not roles you would expect yeah type of thing. yeah it's a really fascinating movie it is i really 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 enjoyed it um i don't know like there's i mean every single like set piece of it is just yeah such an experience and like i it is so good at making you try to figure things out. And like, by yeah. the end, you're like, fine, I give up. Like, I don't know. Right, the monkey's here. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Yes. Yeah. What was your favorite like, uh, role or sequence that he? The sort of leprechaun looking guy is okay. pretty good. Okay. Um, just in like, a, oh, my God, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> he bites off. And, which is, this is also fun. Uh, Naomi from Succession is the oh, blonde nice. lady who gets her fingers bitten off by him. Very um, nice. Like, I, that was one of those where it's like, I'm guessing this is supposed to be funny. I thought it was hilarious. It's yeah. just like <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and Eva Mendez just like being willing to get on his shoulder. And also like Denis Levant, the small man carrying Eva Mendez. So <laughs> um, I liked them all playing the accordion a lot. Oh, that's um, so good. It's so good. Um, I really f- sort of fell for this movie, like made me feel really stupid, I guess. Um, Hmm. When he's like the old man dying. Yeah. 
I was like, is this his true self? And then like, obviously it's not. Right. Um, and I really like that sequence and how it like, uh, I believe it ends with, so it's like this old man dying theoretically in front of his daughter. And then like he gets up and yep. they say like, I'll see you next time or yep. whatever. So like, do they just do this all the time? Like, yeah. So crazy. It's a cool movie. Mm-hmm. I remember there's like one part where he like breaks up with someone for like an hour, right? Or something. He breaks up with someone. They're like in an old warehouse or something. Oh, or Kylie like, Minogue. Yeah. Yeah. That sticks out in my mind. Yeah, that's a really cool sequence. I just remember kind of, I think, like, well, not what you were saying, but just like I watched this when it came out. So what, like 10 years ago? Yeah. At the time, I could tell I was just not ready to ex- experience this movie. Like I just, it, I could tell it was using a language I just didn't understand at the time. I was like, yeah. this is weird. huh? <laughs> <laughs> like it sticks in my mind. It's a really cool movie, but I, I'm sure if I watched it now, it would be a completely different experience to watching it back then. Yeah, I guess because I was also like reading up on it afterwards and there's so many references to like important movies and stuff that I yeah. totally didn't get. So it's like, yeah, yeah. it definitely feels like both probably repeat viewings are good. And like if you're, I don't know, if you have a large understanding of cinematic history. Oh, if I'm a cinephile, is that what you're talking about? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I am. So, um, yeah. I remember him doing the motion capture for the yes. VR snake monsters having sex with each other or whatever was happening. That was excellent. That, that was, was so weird. Crazy good. Um, <laughs> Huge complaint, not to sound like a perv. They blurred out all the genitals in this version that I watched. I don't remember that being the case when I was... I don't remember. I rented it from, like, Voodoo or whatever. So, like, it was because... Yeah, there's, like, I guess these huge genitals because the blurs were super big in the VR. And I was like, oh, that's just part of the VR. And then there's a later scene where Didi Levant is naked and there were more blurs. And I was like, okay, so, yeah. This is yeah. Riding in cars crazy. with boys could have used some of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. Okay. Are you excited for, or have you seen his new one? No, I, okay. I was balancing Annette. I think it's called. Yeah. Um, Annette and my actual pick for the uh, next assignment. Okay. I want to watch Annette, but it's not going to be my pick. Okay. Um, I should also say my probably absolute favorite scene is the very end when it's the cars talking to each other. I don't remember that, but that sounds excellent. Yeah, it's uh, Celine, the driver, who is freaking awesome. Okay. uh, Puts on the mask, exits Uh, the car, and you just see a parking ramp full of the limos. Oh! And their lights are going on, they're talking. Yes. (laughs) Now I remember. It's the coolest way for the movie to end. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, very good. Yeah, and you're not picking Annette, dude. Come on, I know. Well, and also because Annette's a musical. I um, love that. And Kylie, the Kylie Minogue sequence was like sort of a musical, and it's like, yeah, this totally works for his style. So, like, yeah, yeah, that's very exciting. I'm excited about movies. Can I yeah. uh, um, talk? What? Can I blow my nose really quick? Yeah, go for it. I'm uh, going to talk about Oxygen real quick while Carly blows her nose. <laughs> Oxygen is a French movie about a lady in a pod. 
Melanie Laurent. Laurent, and she is uh, in a pod, and she's not very happy with that situation. And sometimes there's rats in that pod, sometimes there isn't. Yeah. Uh, it was fine. It's fine. It is fun. Uh, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. The way they portray memory, and we love to talk about ways memories portrayed in movies, mm-hmm. is one of the most frustrating and stupid things I can think of. <laughs> is not at all how memory works, and I felt angry at this movie for trying to show memory in this way. But other than that, can you remind me what it looks like? It's just like she gets electrocuted, and then cut to like Terrence Malick shot of like grass oh, or like yeah, yeah. waterfalls, and it's like, and there's a reason for it. Yeah. There's like a narrative reason for that, which I actually thought was kind of interesting, but then they kind mm-hmm. of don't explain it in a way that's satisfying. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think watching this movie a second time would be impossible. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but. Uh, yeah. I don't know. No, it was fun, but I guess. I don't know. I liked all the industrial design and I think mm-hmm. she gave a really great performance and I love so much the idea of basically a movie about being trapped in a coffin, except there's like Hal from 2001 staring you in the face the entire time. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I just wasn't satisfied, I guess, with where it twists to at the end and during the course of the movie. Like each twist, I became less interested in the movie. I was like, oh. Some of them are so good, though. They're fun twists, but they're not. Yeah. It doesn't enhance the narrative or her situation at all. If anything, it detracts from it. It makes it less interesting, I thought. Yeah, this is not a, like, a good movie. It's it a was, fun movie. It was you know, fun. Like, yeah, it's like it doesn't get there on a personal level in a way that it should. Right. Um, Deliberately, I, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which is really frustrating to me. <laughs> yeah. Because why make a movie about this situation and then gradually take away stakes or... yeah. Importance. I don't know. She's so pretty. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of she really is. good, uh, like, sticking tubes into your body or taking tubes out of yep, your body yep, just yep. in time. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really cool. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but all, yeah, all the stuff with the flashbacks in my brain, I was like, no, this is not. Like, he's bald now because he's sick. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Fine. Uh-huh. It's so weird that Netflix dubs their foreign movies unless you go in and change it. I like, know. That happened with something recently. Oh, gosh. I wish I remembered what it was. And I was just like, oh, I <laughs> not to call out our parents. Um, okay. I, I'm assuming this is the parents. Um, I started <laughs> watching episode two of Squid Game. I didn't really like the first episode, but I was like, I'll give episode two a try. Oh, uh, it's like something seems weird here. And they turned on the dubs. <laughs> Welcome to Squid Game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't know. That was not me, for okay. the record, because I refuse <laughs> yeah. to watch television. Um, yeah. No, it was just really weird. I thought the movie was just bad. Because she like wakes up and she's like, oh, no. And I'm like, wait, this doesn't <laughs> seem right. <laughs> yeah. And then I went in and changed it. And it was much better. Yeah. Because then she was like, Milo. Oh, God. She's the best. I we, really think she's the best. She's really Did good. Did you ever see The Beginners? No. She's so good in The Beginners. Okay. Yeah. That's my oxygen thoughts card. Do you want to pick what movies we're watching next time? We are going to watch. <gasps> Knock on wood. 
Uh, Melancholia. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is that the one with the moon? Yep. Okay, very nice. It's Kirsten Dunst's moment is happening. Her Oscar campaign is starting. Is it? Yep. Okay. And we are going to engage with Kirsten Dunst. Okay. Well, I'll pick Annette. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, for the rest of the year, I'll probably pick 2021 movies because I'm trying to catch oh, up on. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. So, yeah. That sounds good. That works. We love movies. And Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> Which, for most mortal men, would be a bad, scary thing. But I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I'm fine with this not being a good movie. Yeah, Going fine. into it. I'm ready to think the third one's not as great as I remember it. But we'll see when we get there. It's you fine. wish. <laughs> <laughs> or worse. Expelled. God, so the it wouldn't be a scene I pick out of my brain, but when he was doing the stupid, there hasn't been a seeker that young in a hundred yeah, years yeah, yeah. scene. I was just, I was like, the dopamine was like all hitting at once. I was like, this is the best and stupidest yeah. thing in the world, and I love it. It's incredible. <laughs> Have you all way then? And like when the when the owl's delivering the broom yes. and it actually looks good and it's like <gasps> exciting. Yeah, oh. I forgot to mention the scene. It's just like a <laughs> silent scene of him walking out into the courtyard with Hedwig on his arm. Is it snowy? And it's yeah, and it's beautiful. <sighs> like it is a beautifully shot moment. It's so yeah. crazy. Yeah. God, right. God bless cinema. That's all I can say. You know. Agreed. <laughs>